You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I think it's incredible that uh, that statistic that just came out a, a week ago uh, from USA Today that almost 80% of all the relief that has gone to hurricane victims and the, the hurricane, uh, re, you know, the help has come from the church, whether it's parachurch organizations or other ministries that are coming out of church. I think that's awesome. So I think we can give Jesus a big hand for that, all right? And I, I, I also uh, just kind of want to piggyback on, on what Pastor Mike said. You know, ten, a $10 challenge is, is fitting uh, for people that may be uh, hurting right now. Many of us have family members in Florida or in, or in uh, the coast of Texas that have been impacted or affected. Uh, and, and let's just do our part in, in helping them out. And I don't think 10 bucks in one month is going to hurt most of us very much. Uh, so I, I think if we can do that, it'll be, it'll be wonderful. Don't you agree? So we're, we're, starting, uh, we're starting this campaign, uh, this church-wide campaign that we, that's titled Finding Your Way Back to God. And it actually comes from a book that was written by two brothers, uh, Dave and John Ferguson. And you can purchase the book on, uh, you can purchase it on Amazon or iBooks. Or you can purchase it on uh, just different places, uh, Kindle. And uh, you can uh, also get the reading plan uh, on version. You can go to version and get the reading plan. It's a one-week reading plan. It's wonderful. I've been reading through it uh, it's, it's, uh, this past week. Um, and so on Sunday mornings, uh, we're going to be going through, through different facets of, of that book. And I am going to uh, look at the text that, uh, that, that they have in the book, and I'm going to uh, kind of put my own uh, twist. You know, I, I like to do my own work and, and give you guys a, a message that's coming straight from, from me, but it's going to be going and, and correlate with, with uh, John and, and, um, and Dave's book. And so it's a wonderful thing. And it's, it, it's going to be going along uh, the, the parable of the, of the prodigal son. And so we're going to break that down. And what you find in that, in that story is you find what they call five awakenings. Uh, the first one is awakening to longing. We all have a longing inside of us, and we're going to talk about that today. And then in week two, we're going to look at awakening to regret. How many of you have been awakened to something that you regret, and you know you need God to bring some... some uh, forgiveness and some love and some relief in that. We're going to be looking on the third week how we get awakened to help. And the help that we need is the help of the Father. Amen? We need the Father to help us as we see in the prodigal son story. And then we're going to look at the fourth week, awakening to love. And then the fifth week, we're going to see awakening to life. And on the fifth week, we're going to celebrate baptisms. 
And I believe that many people are going to give their heart to Jesus. It's amazing what we have been seeing on social media with the likes and the shares. And I've got text messages yesterday of people that are listening online and they want to be a part of this campaign. And I just believe that God's going to move mightily through this, through this series because God does those kinds of things, right? That's just the way he operates. And I, I, I want, as we look at these awakenings and we look at the life of the prodigal son, um, I want us to think about our own journey in life. How many of you know that we're on a journey? And... Let me ask you this question. Have you ever longed for something? Is there something that you've ever longed for? Let me share one of my longings and one of my journeys. It was my, uh, the end of my freshman year in high school. And a coach and teacher in, in, at Lordsburg High School had invited me and a friend of mine to go to Europe. And another coach, another teacher went with us. So we embarked on a journey. I had never been outside of Lordsburg. I don't, rem- I don't think I had. Not very far anyways. And so here I go. I take Amtrak to, uh, to L.A., to Los Angeles. And I'm on the train for a, a whole day and a, and a night and get there to, to the train depot. I get picked up. And in that week, we go to LAX, and we fly to Gatwick Airport in London. So I get to Gatwick Airport, and we begin to presume this trip that we are on, and I'm going to be there for 42 days. How many of you know that when you first start a trip that you're really excited? I was really excited. I was longing to see everything that was going to be put before me. And we were going to go from London. We ended up going to Paris and we traveled the streets in Paris, was able to see uh, the Louvre and, and you know, uh, just different places there and uh, the, Arc of, the Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower, all these things. Went through Paris, went from Paris to, uh, down to Spain, went to the Basque country in Spain, and, uh, and was able to enjoy San Sebastian, Spain. Went to Austria from there. From Austria, we went to communist Yugoslavia. We went down into communist Yugoslavia. And we, by this time, I had seen a lot of things, and it was really good. But I began to long for home. Because what I found about Europe is that they didn't have tortillas like they had at home. <laughs> right? They didn't. They didn't have red chili. They didn't have green chili. They, you know, they didn't have mama's cooking. And so I was longing to get home. So we went, we went into Yugoslavia, and when we, we, had, a, we had an event or uh, something that happened there in Yugoslavia that one of the coaches ended up um, going to the local pub in, in Yugoslavia, and he ended up getting a little, bit of into- a little bit intoxicated. And that happens when you go to pubs. There's a possibility that that can happen. Well, when he got a little bit intoxicated, he started to brag about the good old USA, there's no one like the USA. Well, those Yugoslavians did not take uh, kindly to that. Somehow they understood what he was saying, and they ended up having a fist party with him, and, the, you know, and he got the bad end of it. I, re- I think he really beat up their fist with his face. And so we ended up, we were going to, this, this brought chaos into our trip, and uh, he got back, and he was very intoxicated, and we were at the at train depot, and it was kind of crazy 
because he was really beat up. Everyone was staring at us, blah, 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 all these different things. But we ended up getting on the wrong train at that because of the chaos. We got on the wrong train, and we were headed down to Albania. Now, they're not real fond of Americans in Albania, especially back in 1981. And so as we're going, the, 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 the mature, responsible educator and coach says, I think we're headed the wrong way. And he began to talk to anyone that spoke some kind of English. And from this time, uh, he, he finally got his bearings and said, we're headed the wrong way. So we get off at the next stop, which was a very, very small village. And they stopped, and we, we didn't have a place to stay. We ended up getting in a, don't, don't look at me crazy, we ended up getting in a boxcar in Yugoslavia so we could rest, threw our backpacks in there. Remember, we were backpacking, and got in there, and and. and, and, and that next morning, that boxcar was headed out somewhere. <laughs> True story. I'm 14 years old, and you know my parents have no idea what's going on. And, 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 and so we throw our backpacks out, and we jump out as the train is moving. We ended up getting back to Europe and uh, went to different places. But what I was longing for in all of this I was longing to be home. I was longing to be back in the safe and security of my parents. And it just speaks to us. That's, that's my story. But every one of us in here has a story. You're all longing for something. And most of us are longing for the, the, the biggies, right? We all want to know what the meaning of life is. In fact, you may be listening on the podcast right now, and, and, and you're driving, and you're thinking, what is the meaning of life, right? You may be longing for true love. You may be longing for, for love that is real. That's another biggie. You may be longing for what is my purpose. You know, uh, Rick Warren wrote a book on the purpose of life, and it sold more copies than, than, than any other book in the history of the world except for the Bible. So people are looking for, what is, what is my purpose? And, and, and our, our universal longing for love and purpose and meaning in life can only be fulfilled with a relationship with God. And that's what the story of the lost son is about. That's the story of the wayward son. That's the story of what we call the prodigal son. It's about someone that went out looking for something that he would never find without the father that he knew. And so our memory verse, if you go, go into your bulletin and pull the memory verse out, it's a, it's a shortened version of, of verse 13 of, of Luke 15. And I'm going to read it real quick. It says, the younger son set off for a distant country. Say that with me. The younger son set off for a distant country. This could be said of all of us. We've all traveled to distant places or wandered away from God's purposes, trying to find love, trying to find the meaning of life, trying to find what your purpose is or what the purpose of life is is in general. There's not one person in here that you have not strayed because all of us 
fall short. All of us are looking. All of us are looking for that piece of the puzzle that's going to make us complete, and that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about what makes us complete, what makes us whole, what makes us full, what makes us uh, able to sustain in life. So I want us to read uh, the parable that Jesus spoke uh, right now, and let me pray over, over this, the, the word, and let me pray over the message, and let the Lord direct us. Father, thank you for, uh, for every person here. Thank you for every person listening uh, afar through a podcast and uh, people in the Life Feed Cafe. I pray uh, your blessing over them as well. But more than, ever, more than all of us, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you, you, you want to complete us. And the longings, longings that we have, you want to, for, for us to find them in you. And so I, as I share this message, I pray your blessing over every word that I speak. I pray for every listener. I pray for every heart. Ears to be open, hearts to be receptive, not to my message, but my prayer, Lord God, is your messenger, that it will be your message. And that it will speak directly to the heart, to the soul of every person here and beyond. And that everyone can take a piece of this or the whole of it. And it will change our lives for the better. So we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. So there was a man that starts out. There was a man who had two sons. For, for some of you, it's a very common story. For some of you, you may not have, have ever heard this story. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father divided his property between them. And not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and say it with me, he set off for a distant country. That was weak. Let's say it one more time. He set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living after he had spent everything There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And look at this in verse 16. What does it say, those three words? He longed to. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son, and he threw his arms around him, and his father kissed him. So this week, I want us to concentrate on verse 13, and I want us to see how we need an awakening to longing. You see, the younger brother, as many of us who are sitting here today or many of us that are listening to the podcast, had a longing. But his longing led him places that did not fulfill his life. 
or they did not complete him. They did not make him better. In fact, they drained him. And, and, fr- and from these longies, I, I want us to look at three universal, three universal ones that only God can fulfill. And these are going to resonate with you. They're going to speak to you because it's something that these are things that we all have in common. Number one, we all have a longing for love. Every one of us has a longing for love. I meet with couples all the time. I just met with a couple this week. Uh, uh, they're, they're getting ready to get married, and they, they met, came and met with, with me for their first premarital counseling session, and they're, they're, they have a longing for love. They have a longing for this marriage that is going to just make things better. Everyone is looking for love. But it's so important for us to understand that love, love is multifaceted. Have you noticed that? Love is multifaceted. You know, a part of love is physical. How many of, how many of us really enjoy when our loved ones give us a hug? How, mon, how many of us enjoy when our loved ones uh, hold our hands? How many uh, of you enjoy when your loved ones put their hand on your shoulder? Put their, I see some of you with your, with your arms around each other, or some of you are just holding each other here in church, and that's part of the physical love that, is, that exhibits a part of what we're talking about. But there's also another part, and it's emotional. There's an emotional part of love where, where you actually feel things, and, and there's, a, there's something inside of us. Sometimes we cry for each other. Sometimes we laugh with each other. Sometimes we, we smile at each other, and there's all kinds of different things. Sometimes we get mad with each other. Sometimes we get mad when other people do things to the ones that we do love. Because we're, there's a part of love that's emotional. But there's also a part of love, and I want you to think with me about this. There's a part of love that's intellectual. There's a part of love that's reasonable. You've got to think things through. Have you ever told someone, are you out of your mind? What are you doing in this relationship? Are you out of your mind? They're, they're, they're not being reasonable. And, 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 and we get to this place a lot of times. Some people call it puppy love. You know, some people call it whatever it may be, but you get to these places and you make choices without reason, reasoning them out. And then there's another part of love that's resourceful. And I thought about these four. So resourceful is when someone c- kind of helps you with things that you lack, right? If you ever, have you noticed that when you're married, you share things? And if you don't, you're in trouble. Right? If you, don't, if you don't share things, if you don't help each other out, you share your bills. When your wife makes bills or your husband makes bills, do you know you have to share them whether you want to or not? You share your income. You share all these different things. So there's four facets to love, and it's so much bigger than what we ever understand. And here's what I want us to grab a hold of, because we're going to talk about love in the fourth week a lot, in a lot greater capacity. But what I want you to hold on to right now, what I want you to grab on to, is that love outside of God will never meet every one of these facets. You may get physical love, but you're lacking emotional love. Your spouse ever told you, you just don't listen to me. You don't, it's like you don't care about me. You ever, you ever heard that? Anyone ever, you don't have to raise your hands. 
right? Or maybe you're getting emotional, you're getting a lot of emotional love, but you're not getting reasonable love. And so there's a highly emotional relationship. Have you ever seen any relationships that are highly emotional, but there's no, they're not intellectual, they're not reasoning things out? That's where you say things like as a parent or as a friend, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? You're in a roller coaster? Have you told someone you're in a roller coaster in this relationship? This isn't love? Have you ever said that to someone? This isn't love? Or maybe someone said that to you. This isn't love? You're on a roller coaster. You're up and down. You're up and down. It's just, you're in, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. That's because the intellectual part of love is not being met. How about resourceful? Oh, I heard this growing up as a kid. I, I hear aunts and uncles or, or grandparents. Mira, ni te cuidan. Mira, no, no te dan nada. Let me translate. I spoke in tongues. Okay? Let me tr- so, look, they don't even get, he's not even working. He's not taking care of you. She's not, you know, she's not helping you with anything. She's not giving you any resources. How are you going to make it in life? There's, a, there's four facets in our longing for love. And when you enter into a relationship with these things or these people that are not meeting every one of the needs that we have when it comes to love, instead of completing us, they deplete us. When you're in a relationship that's not meeting every facet of love, those relationships are not completing us, they're depleting us. Have you ever felt emotional, emotionally depleted? You ever felt physically depleted? Like, I just want someone to touch me. I just want, all I want, baby, is for you to just hug me. If you could just hold me every once in a while. Can you just hold my hand? Can you just give me a kiss? I just feel like if I need some kind of physical touch. Emotionally, I, 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 you don't even, do you even care? It's like you have this stoic face. You don't smile. You don't, you don't cry with me. I'm going through this. I just don't feel like if you even care. Intellectually, you know, are you not thinking through this with me? Can you please help me? Can Let's put our minds together. Let's think about this. Resourcefully. Babe, can you, can you help me with this? I know, I know you have a, a hobby, and, and I know you like spending money on your hobby, but hey, if we put our monies together, we can complete this and maybe get debt free. And so have you noticed that when you get into a relationship and one of these facets of love is missing it doesn't complete you but say with me what it depletes you now here's the thing god never depletes us with his love he never does and the bible said about the younger brother is is that when he went off the younger son the younger son the younger brother as he went off the bible says he squandered his wealth in wild living. Now let's just think about this. It's, it's so vast. He squandered his wealth in wild living. Later on it says that he, 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 he spent his money on prostitutes. Uh, the NLT says that he spent his money on whores. It, it, it gets really deep. And he spent his money on all kinds of different things. He was betting on, and going gambling and all these things. He, he squandered his money, his wealth, on, on, on wild things. And what it tells me is that he fell in love with the wrong things, he gave his heart 
to the things and the people that depleted him instead of completing him. That happens to all of us when we walk away from God. And so what we have to do is we have to find our way back to God. And here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. God wants to be found. God wants to be found. The father ran to his son. The father didn't hide from his son. I want you to think about God in this manner. I want you to think about the father in this manner, that God is not hiding from you. He's not trying to avoid you. God is waiting, and when you find your way back to God, he will run to you. And his love will not deplete you. His love will complete us. What I have found about Jesus is he's never left me lacking. Physically, check this out. This is so cool. Physically, physical love. God became a physical man. And the Bible says that the word became human and made his home among us. This is the, the, the disciple, John, writing. He was full. Say, say that with me. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. It tells us that God gave us his physical love. Jesus didn't come as a ghost. Jesus came as a human. He was born of a virgin so that we could have life in him. Emotional love. His love is never stressful. If you have chaos in your life, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who have chaos, all of you who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. See, that's the emotional love that God gives. That's the emotional love that God answers. Look at intellectual love. His love is reasonable. You, don't, you won't be saying my relationship with God is complicated. Have you ever seen it on Facebook? Relationship status, it's complicated. It's complicated. In other words, it's stressful. It's chaotic. But look, look, at what, look at what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said this about, about the grace of God, about the gospel. He says, think over what I say. For the Lord, he is going to give you what? Understanding. There's an intellectual love. There's, it's reasonable. It makes sense when you walk with God. He will make things understandable. And then resourceful love. God's love will never deplete you. Look at what the Father, the Bible says about the prodigal son. The father, he said, my son, in, in verse 31, he says to the older brother, my son, everything I have is yours. I want you to think about that. Those of you that get upset at times with God, God, we're, we're, I just feel like I'm cheated out. God is telling us everything he has is ours. Everything, peace, love, joy, self-control. 
The second longing is the longing for meaning. The younger son, it says, the younger son set off for a distant country. Do you want to know why he did this? Do you, know why, do you want to know why he set off for a, for a distant country? It's an easy answer. He was trying to find meaning in life. I think every one of us at one time or another, we have all said, what is the meaning of life? What is the significance of life? Why am I here? What, what difference do I make? The story, the story, I'm sorry, of the prodigal son is a wonderful illustration of a son who wanted to find meaning in life and he ventured out to a world that would leave him scratching his head. You see, any time that we stray from the true meaning of life that's found in God, it will lead to dead end roads. But the father let him go. And the proverb says this, there's a way that seems right. When you're trying to find the meaning of life, there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but the end leads to death. It leads to a dead end road. I'm trying to find love. I'm trying to find love. And you, you're trying to find it in yourself. Let's, let's put the two together. You're trying to find meaning. You're trying to find love. You're trying to, and you're going down and you're doing it in your own understanding. It will lead to a dead end road. Every time. Because you cannot find meaning without God. God brings meaning to everything. Here's what I want you to grab, grab a hold of in this point real quick. You're significant. Can I tell you what the true meaning in life is? Is that God made you significant in him. How do I know that? Let's go to the very beginning. In Genesis, it says this. In Genesis chapter 1, when he created everything, he said, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. God talking plurality, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And let them have dominion. Now check this out. Let them have dominion. In other words, let them have authority. Let them have rule. Let them be significant over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the, of the heavens, over the livestock and over the earth, uh, I mean, over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man. Now check this out. This is so beautiful. This is how the meaning of life is this. God created man and woman in what? Man, you guys are smart. And why, why are you trying to make, or why do we try to make our own image when God has let us rest in his? Isn't that awesome? When God wants to fill us with his significance. He keeps, he, he, he keeps on going. He says, uh, um, 
In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. It's the significance of a, a woman and a man. I think that's beautiful. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created every person sitting here, every person listening on the podcast, every person in the live feed. God created us with potential. And your life will never make sense until you realize that you are so special to God. And maybe you're sitting here today and, and, and you're, 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 um, your longing has taken you away from this truth. And here's my request. Here's my invitation for the next 30 days. Would you join us and see as we find our way back to God if he will meet you where you've never been met before? That he'll change you like you've never been changed before. That he'll love you like you've never been loved before. The third longing that we have is a longing for purpose. The Bible says that after, after he had spent everything... There was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to, field, uh, to the fields to, to feed pigs. And he, uh, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods and the pigs that the pigs were eating, but no one gave, them, gave him anything. His purpose was out of whack because God never called him to feed pigs. And some of, our, some of us in here, our purpose is out of, out of whack because you're in a place that God never called you to. And, and, and we need to grab a hold of the difference between meaning and purpose. Do you know that there's an actual difference between meaning and purpose? Look, this is what, this is what it is. Meaning refers to what is meant or conveyed by an action, word, or concept. Purpose refers to the reason for which something is done. So meaning is understood and believed. What, what, when you're trying to find uh, the meaning of life outside of God, you will understand and you will begin to, uh, to believe something that's not true if it's outside of God. And then your purpose will be skewed because, check this out, whatever you believe and whatever you understand is what, what you're going to live. Your purpose is what you live out. There's, a, there's someone in here, and God is speaking to you. There's someone, someone listening that God is speaking to you and saying, you're out of whack because you're believing and understanding the wrong truth. And that's why your purpose, you're living out things that God never called you to do. God wants you to know that he is that your life has purpose. That's why Jesus, as he ended his first sermon, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and he talks to his disciples. 
And he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. I came to do what you guys can't, right? And then he ended, and he said this. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Why did he say that, beloved? Because salt has purpose. I don't know about you, but the salt on my, in my house, it doesn't just stay in a shaker. It doesn't just stay there. You know what? When my, when my uh, uh, eggs need flavor, guess what I do? I flavor it. Salt uh, preserves. Salt makes you thirsty. He said, you're the salt of the earth. There's a purpose for every one of us. And then he, said, he didn't stop there. He said, you're the light of the world. Every one of you have the, the potential to illuminate the glory of God to a world that is dark, the world that needs hope. And every one of us in here, we, we need God in our life. You cannot find love without God. You cannot find the, the, the true meaning of life without God. You'll understand and believe something that's not true. And you cannot find your true purpose outside of Jesus Christ. And here's the great news. Here's the beautiful news. God wants to be found. That's what you need to know. That's what your friends need to know. That's what your coworkers need to know. God's not trying, he's not trying to hide from you. Jesus said, it is finished. It's finished. They need to know that his love is available for them. The praise team is going to do a, a, a closing song and it's going to give us an opportunity to really internalize the words that have been spoken here today and the words that came from his from God's word, from his word, his word. And as we internalize every aspect, my prayer is that you'll open up your heart and welcome God into your life. Jesus wants to complete you. He wants to complete you and make life better for you. I'm going to pray this prayer before the praise team sings the worship song. And, and if you're here today and there's a nudging going on in your heart, maybe you're in the podcast and there's a nudging going on in your heart, there's a stirring to put your faith in Jesus, you can do this today by just praying a prayer. And the prayer doesn't save you, it's your faith that saves you. If you don't mind, just bow your heads and just pray this with me. God, I've, I've lost my way in life. And today I'm making the choice to find my way back to you. I confess my need for your forgiveness. And so I thank you for sending Jesus to die for all of my sins. I believe you can bring life 
to my dead end road and my circumstances because Jesus is alive and well and he rose from the dead. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a living Savior. Today I'm making a choice to follow him by placing my faith in the finished work of the cross. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. And if you prayed this prayer, we'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love for you to put it on your connection card. And we'd love to pray with you after the service as well with prayer counselors that will be up here. But let's worship our King because he's worthy of it. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.